0: Okay, so according to what Goodell said, each NFL team has to set its own national anthem policy. What is the Steelers' national anthem policy going to be? Oh, I know. They should just ask Alejandro Villanueva what to do, and then he can do what he wants anyway, like he did in Chicago. Anyway, what will the Steelers' policy be? The best thing for the Steelers to do would be to decide something for the whole team and then stick to it and stick together. Yes, even you, Big Al. I'm sure Art Rooney will involve the players in forming the team's policy. The team should meet, and then a few representatives should take their thoughts to Art Rooney, and then Art Rooney should decide because, after all, he signs the paychecks and owns the logo. My suggestions are the whole team should come out for the anthem and stand for it. But if some players don't want to do that, then the entire team should stay in the locker room totally out of sight until the anthem is played. Because the Steelers should want to avoid the identification and vilication of individual players who either kneel or stay in the locker room during the anthem. The whole team standing would cause zero heat. The whole team staying in the locker room would get some heat, but the entire organization would absorb it and the right things could be said. Whatever policy the Steelers arrive at, the entire team should abide by no exceptions and not for any reason. If a player wants to go out there and kneel no matter what, then he should find another team to play for. If it's decided that the team will stay in the locker room, but Villanueva still wants to sashay out there with his hand over his heart because he's an Army Ranger and that matters more, then okay. Just go do that with another team. He's an average left tackle, easily replaced. Sick again, brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Okay, so are we clear? Or am I being unreasonable because I'm a big meanie and not a flag waver and I should have to leave the country? One policy and everybody abides. I lost a lot of respect for Villanueva when he double-crossed the boys in Chicago. He agreed to stay in the tunnel like everybody else. The whole team agreed to it, him too. And then he didn't. Villanueva may have followed orders in Afghanistan, but in Chicago, he did not. He double-crossed the boys. He made his teammates look like a bunch of schmucks for his own glorification. And that's another reason the NFL should have not done anything... Just let what was happening keep happening because that opens the door to talk about things like what Villanueva did. And I know most of you worship the ground he walks on. I think he double crossed the boys. In fact, I know he double crossed the boys. And I know a few of the players were not at all happy about it. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Our big news items today. Uh, Rally's Burgers are going to open up 12 locations in Pittsburgh. That is the best fast food burger around. You may recall there used to be Rally's locations right by Three River Stadium back when and in Wilkinsburg, but they closed. It could be called Checkers. That's the same chain, Rally's and Checkers. But there's going to be 12 of them in Pittsburgh, and I can't wait. And also, a source close to the Penguins and to Phil Kessel says that the Penguins will try and trade Kessel this offseason and that Kessel would be fine by that. Uh, obviously, things are tense between the coach and Phil Kessel. And Kessel is reportedly unhappy because he wants to play on the line with Malkin, period, and doesn't want to be leveraged for balance by putting him on a third line with Broussard or Sheaen or Benino or whoever. Don't get me wrong, when it worked, like in the 16 playoffs, I bet Phil loved it. But, you know, when it doesn't work, why would you love it? I was at the bottle shop in Heidelberg last night, and T.J. McConnell was there. There's an unwritten rule that I have to be the biggest celebrity in the bottle shop, so I was kind of pissed. But, no, it was great to see T. Great guy, great hooper. I'm not a basketball guy, but I watch Sixers games sometimes. Cause TJ plays, because I'm a fan, uh, a great true point guard. Actually, a lot of celebs there. Uh, T, me, a former spirit star, Dave McKenzie, the soccer guy, who I've known forever. Timbo McConnell, T's dad and the championship winning coach at Char Valley Basketball. Christian Hansen, son of Dave of Slapshot fame, and uh, a former NHL player himself, and... I'm saving the best for last. Steeler defensive backs coach Tom Bradley, who says they're going to be all right. Says those DBs are going to be all right. I want to get Tom on to talk about using the safeties instead of linebackers. Going to talk to Kabali about that at 530. Uh, but uh, the Steelers don't often give access to assistant coaches. Maybe it'll be different because Bradley has been on this show so frequently. I'd love to have him on to talk about that notion because it seems the Steelers are going to try that. Let's go to Donald. Donald and Castle Shannon. Donald, you're on 105.9 The X. Hello, Donald. We don't have Donald. Let's go to Steven and Aliquippa. Steven. You're on 105.9 The X. Hey, Mark. Good fan. Right. Um, all right. So I work with, uh, some mentally handicapped people. And when we take them out, we're given a t shirt that we're supposed to wear. It's got the logo of the place that we work for on it. And we all understand that when we go out, they, we were dictated, like, you, this is the way you have to act. You have to act in a professional manner. We're told that this is, or you'll be terminated. That's, and we all understand it and we okay. all go for it. Your, your I, your point? Like, the point is, like, there's nothing wrong with an employer telling an employee when you're wearing that jersey, when you're wearing that uniform. Okay, let me. You're, you're right. You okay, asked. so why won't they do it? Th- that's what I don't understand. I mean, it works everywhere else. I completely well, I, understand. I don't like to compare your situation or or any to to somebody who is on TV and in a stadium in front of seventy thousand people because. You know, in your job you could do whatever you want to protest whatever and nobody would see it. They have a platform. And I agree. Employers can make standing for the anthem a condition of employment. So why don't they? Because they're trying to please everybody and it's just not gonna work. You and just that's have to exactly kind of right. Around. That's exactly right. But 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 make no mistake, the players are kneeling for a just cause, in my estimation and the owners have mangled this every step of the way. And the bigger can, problem, wouldn't you agree, the bigger problem is the owners mangling it.
1: Yes, I agree. I, I, I understand If they would the have said time. to
0: Kaepernick, like the NBA did with Abdul-Ralph, if they would have said to Kaepernick, hey, you can't do that, you'll be suspended if you do it, and there would have been an uproar for a couple weeks, but then it would have been over. I agree. Thank you for the I'd call. Be- yeah, the employer has a right to tell the employee what to do. So why won't the NFL do that? You know what the funny part is? The one group they should have been trying to to, to placate or appease to some degree for the sake of getting something done are the players. They're worried about the, 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 the Hillary bunch, they're worried about the Trump bunch. They're not worried about the players. Their partners. The union. They totally bypassed them. Let's go to uh Chris, Chris in Wexford. You're on with double M. What up, man? What up? You know, just just hearing the, brand, you know, the different callers, the different opinions that are coming in, I mean, just want to get your opinion on, it just seems like in today's society, so much of the objectivity has just been leveled out by everybody really being able to get their... Oh, there is no low-sided. objectivity. People just pick sides. People are either right or left, and there's no compromise. The closest yeah, you're here to is- compromise is me. Because I really am right down the middle, but I have a very strong sense of right and wrong. And might I add, I've handled this topic better than anyone in town, and I've handled it brilliantly.
1: Agreed. It just seems like, you know,
0: everyone's so ingrained in that one side that the second you try to make a point to the other side, you start they start yelling, all these different things. Well, it's like, it's it's like the, the dork back. that called yesterday. The dork called yesterday said, Hands up, don't shoot, never happen. Okay, what's that have to do with anything? That was just some brown shirt who wanted to call up and, and, and make a, a racially inflamed statement that was not relevant to anything at all. We got Josh Owee talking hockey at the bottom of the hour. I bet the Penguins and Phil Kessler are glad this anthem thing came up because now nobody's going to talk about, about the Penguins trying to trade Kessel and Phil being okay with that. And by the way, nobody will write about that in the paper tomorrow. Oh, I got a theory. Ron Cook wrote that column a couple days ago that made the big splash about how you know Kessel was hard to coach and Sullivan and him, yada yada, the conflict, the all that stuff. I think Cookie knew that the Penguins want to trade Kessel and the Kessel wouldn't mind being traded, but he didn't want to write exactly that. You might have even talked to the same people I did. And it's more than one person. I, if I got this from one person, I wouldn't feel comfortable with it. It's more than one person, and it's definite. And, of course, they'll deny it, and I don't blame them. They kind of have to. And if they don't trade them, I'll, I'll give you an example. James Neal, who I really like, asked to be traded a couple of years ago. And he sent me a DM and denied it and denied it to the other media too. I know he asked. But, you know, you can deny all you want. If they don't trade them, it'll be because they can't. Because nobody will make the right deal. I mean, they're not going to give them away. But they're going to try and trade them. 105.9 the X. A question for Pirate fans. Why can't they take Nova out of the rotation to call up Kingham and start him? Why can't they bench Polanco when Marte is off the DL and keep Austin Meadows in the lineup? Tell me why they can't. You know, if you played your best players... You might actually get a few more people to show up at the ballpark. I'm not saying Meadows has a starting job till he dies, just till he stops hitting. Same thing with Kingham. If Kingham's a full time member of the rotation for three weeks, five starts, whatever, and he starts backsliding and you think he could develop more in Triple A, then send him down. Same with Meadows. But as long as they're playing good, keep them in Pittsburgh and for God's sakes, let them keep playing. Let's go to Grant on seventy nine. Grant, you're talking to Double L. Yeah, yeah, Mark. Referring to uh, the national anthem, you know, I think I think you said it really well. Y- you know, the the owners really mangled this. If, if you wanted to get it right, uh, either make them stand up as part of their employment, or keep them in the locker room. There's there's no point in uh, you know taking giving them the ammo. Letting them stand out there. But now, if you keep play. them in the locker room, the Trumpites aren't going to like that. They just let it get too far. Now, I'm not sure there's a good answer. But like I said about the Steelers, whatever they do, they should hold everybody to. And my two options are, and I'd like to hear what people think about my two options for the Steelers now, 412333WXDX. 3, 3, 3, they are everybody comes on the field and stands, no kneelers, or everyone stays in the locker room. You do it unified as a team so nobody can pick out who staying in the locker room, and they can't be vilified. Decide as a team, and anybody doesn't like the decision made by the team for the team, as long as the players have input, can just go play someplace else. What about stopping singing the song? Again, the Trumpites will get mad at that. I don't see why sure. the Anthem's played at every sporting event. I think it's it's nationalistic. It's, it's forced patriotism. Then again, like an earlier caller said, we shouldn't forget that uh, the NFL gets a lot of money from the U.S. government to stage those pregame patriotic displays, which is money they shouldn't want or take. You know, the way to make the most money is to do it right. Sometimes when you do it right, you'll have a bit of a drop in business, but over the long haul, doing it right gets you the most money. Let's go to Aaron in the car. Aaron, you're on with double M.
1: Hey, Mark, uh, kind of going with what you're saying about not knowing what the the optimal solution is. I I have no idea what it is, but I think what the NFL did is the absolute worst possible thing because it's just going to end up kicking off everybody. Um, you're, you're still probably going to have some players kneel, which means that the people that stopped watching because of that are probably not going to come back. But now you've got the people that were supporting the players turning around and saying that the NFL is fascist and that they're censoring the players. So they, they're they just going to tick off everybody.
0: Well, we, we can't say for sure until we know what the team's individual policies are. But you're, well, you're right. They, they, they've dug, like I said, Don't blame Kaepernick for starting this. Blame the league and the owners for mangling it every step of the way. Roger Goodell for mangling it every step of the way. Let's go to Ben in Oakland. Ben, you're on with Double M. Super genius, big fan. Thank you. Uh, My only question about this National Anthem thing is um, if they're going to force a player to kneel or force force the players to stay off the field or keep them on the field – uh, what do we do about concessions and bathrooms and stuff? Is everyone going to be forced to stand in the think I think, I think one of the teams said that uh, they won't sell concessions while the anthem's being played. I think it was the 49ers, yeah. Yeah, it is the 49ers. That's correct. Uh, and you know what? Half the yahoos who go nuts because Kaepernick took a knee and who waved the flag and, you know, God knows what kind of rallies they attend in their private life. They're the ones who are out getting concessions during the anthem because the lines are shorter. I absolutely agree, and that's all I needed to hear. Thank you, sir. Let's go to Pat and West Elizabeth. Pat, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, how are you? What up? Hey, i got a question. How long do you think uh, the national anthem is, total time? A minute and a half? Two no, minutes, no idea. What's your point? Okay. Well, my point is, why can't they just have the camera focused on the, um, the singer and everybody else? and you got your problem solved. No, that wouldn't solve the problem because there's more than one camera in that stadium. Every single person is carrying one, and the the media is going to make a list of the people who kneel or stay in the locker room, and they'll be identified and vilified. So that won't help at all. What I think they should do, instead of playing the National Anthem before a game, they should play the 21 and a half minute version of of Dazed and Confused by Led Zeppelin, as featured in the movie soundtrack for The Song Remains the Same. If you took a knee during that, you'd be justified. You'd be tired. Up next, in-studio talking hockey, if you're just tuning in, I'm told the Penguins will try and trade Phil Kessel, and Phil would be okay with that. Josh Yoey of TheAthletic.com joins me to discuss on 105.9. Double M on the X, joining me now in studio from TheAthletic.com, it's hockey guy Josh O. Josh, I'm told the Penguins will try and trade Phil Kessel and that Phil would be okay with that.
1: What have you heard, and would that surprise you? I have not been directly told that, Mark, but it would not surprise me at all. And Listen, Jim Rutherford's the general manager, and he's a very good one, but Mike Sullivan has as much power as anyone in that organization, and I assure you Jim listens to him. Mike Sullivan's not happy with Phil Kessel. He made that exceedingly clear at the end of the uh at the end of the season uh, press conference when he went out of his way to let everyone know that Phil was not playing hurt, which is a very unusual thing for a coach to say about a player. Um, I don't know that he'll be traded this summer. I think he's a hard guy to trade because of that contract, but there's no question that there's some issues right now between Kessel and the coach,
0: clearly. Well, specifically, what are they? I mean, what, what problem does
1: Sullivan have with Phil Kessel? Sullivan thinks Phil Kessel's selfish. That that's the best way I could I could put it. Uh Phil has his Iron Man streak and I know for a fact Sullivan believes that Phil has put that ahead of the team at times. And and now you can also And certainly did at the end of the season when he kept playing hurt in games that didn't much matter. Yeah, no, you can play devil's advocate and say Sullivan's the coach, he can tell Phil, hey, you're not playing and he can. That's true, but I do think that he finds Kessel, very difficult to deal with, and he's not the first coach who has felt that way, and, and Sullivan's not the first coach maybe the Kessel didn't care for, so there's always going to be friction with Phil and coaches, but it was pretty clear you know, during the playoffs and, and afterward that there were some real issues developing. Now,
0: now the lack of him blocking shots and hitting, I, I think that's frustrating for Sullivan, but I don't think that's a major issue for him, do you? I mean, that's just the way Phil plays.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know that going in with Phil. I mean, does Sullivan like it? No. Uh, Of course, he wants everyone to be like Sidney Crosby, who's still going to block shots when games are on the line. That's not Phil, and everybody knows that. But I I do think Sullivan is capable of overlooking certain things. But it's clear there are issues. And listen, Rick Tockett is the guy who always dealt with Phil, and he wasn't around this past year. And it seemed like the relationship was fine. Phil had a great season. I think it was fine for quite some time. I do, too. And Phil had a great season. Let's not forget that. What, he have 91 points, I think? He had a a brilliant season. He He absolutely did. Here's here's the issue I think came came to a
0: head between the coach and player. I think Phil wants to play with Gino, period, and not be leveraged to create balance on the third line. And I don't think Sullivan wanted to do that. It, I think that 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 caused friction.
1: I was told during the Washington series that exact thing, and I, I think it's a fact. I think Phil was getting tired of playing with Riley Sheehan. I think uh, he wanted to play with Gino, and I think Gino wanted to play with Phil. And, um, it's, listen, I know for a fact, Sidney Crosby was a little annoyed with his line mates during the regular season. He wanted to play with better players too. Great players always want to play with better players, but Phil was absolutely worked up about not playing with Malkin. And, and the fact is Sullivan does not, and maybe he's wrong for this. I don't know. You can debate it, but Sullivan doesn't like those two together because he doesn't trust them defensively. He just doesn't, even though he knows they produce together, he's not comfortable with those two guys on the ice together. And, and that's the issue. And I know for a fact, Kessel was seething about that.
0: Uh, as you mentioned, Phil would not be easy to trade because of his contract, which mm-hmm. which is a six point eight million dollar cap hit for the Penguins, with Toronto picking up one point two of that annually, which would carry forth if Phil's contract were traded. Right. Toronto's responsibility, but also, what coach is going to like Phil? <laughs> I mean, Phil's so quirky. There's not like no coach is going to say,
1: "Gee, I wish I had that guy," <laughs> despite all the goals and points. No, you're right, and you know the thing about Phil, that they could trade him. I mean, listen, there are teams out there that would take a player. they are not going to give him away either, though. But that's the thing. What are you really going to get in return? You don't want to trade a guy like this coming off a career year just for the sake of it. Now, I've never thought Phil was going to play his entire contract in Pittsburgh. He, he's just the kind of guy who wears out his welcome, and that's the way it is. And Mike Sullivan has proven very capable of dealing with talented players, but it's still going to get on his nerves eventually. That's just the way it is. But,
0: and that's any coach. But if J. If Jr. still wants Phil. JR could say, well, it was tough, we didn't get any offers, you're going to have to make this work. He could. So, so while Sully has input, J.R. has final say, or maybe that'll just turn out to be the reality.
1: JR does have final say, but I'm telling you, he listens to Mike Sullivan an awful lot. If it were up to Jim Rutherford, I really believe Daniel Sprong would have been on this team the last few months of the season. I believe that. Mike Sullivan didn't want him around. He didn't think he was ready, and Sullivan won out. We've seen that numerous times with Sullivan and Rutherford. Uh, Jim Rutherford brought in Ryan Reeves. Guess what? Mike Sullivan didn't like him. He didn't want to play him, so he didn't. So Jim got rid of him. Uh, so, so don't underestimate the power that Sullivan has in all of this. I would say that. Dude, the Penguins see Sprong as a successor to Phil. I don't know about that. Uh, there are such mixed I'm not opinions. saying statistically, but the guy who can
0: step into that spot and and maybe produce, not quite at that rate, but you know what
1: I mean, eventually... Do that job. I think so. Uh, Jim Rutherford loves him. Remember when Sprong was 18, he was irritated that Mike Johnson wasn't playing him more often. Um, So I know for a fact he he holds him in particularly high regard. They do view him as a guy who's going to be a legitimate top six guy, a point producer. But to say that they necessarily view him as a successor for Kessel, I I haven't really heard that. And I I don't know that the coaching staff feels that way because for all that Phil is quirky and gets under the skin of all coaches – Um, the fact is he has so uniquely gifted, especially on the power. play. He produces. Oh my God. He produces. He's the guy that made that power play go.
0: You see, as I've been saying all day, I don't want to trade Phil. I'm not trying to run him out of time, but I can understand why you'd look to trade him. And I can also understand why Phil would want out. And, and here's something I, 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 I say very gingerly and I'm a big Mike Sullivan fan. And how can Mm -hmm. you quibble with his results? He's been brilliant. Right. Mike's got to be careful he doesn't think a decision's right because he makes it. He needs to consider all sides because I'll tell you what, I think Mike's a better coach than Dan Bosma, but Bosma won a cup and then his self aggrandization ruined him. He just thought everything he decided was right and wouldn't back away from it even when it didn't work.
1: That's fair. And, you know, I know Ian Cole's been a hot-button topic on this show, and some people probably overvalue his, his worth a little bit. But I think Mike Sullivan undervalued his worth a little bit. And the fact is, Sullivan didn't like Ian Cole because Ian Cole talked with people like me way too often. And you know what? He thought Cole was selling himself all the time. He really wasn't. He's just a nice guy. And Sullivan was wrong about that. And you're right. That can happen with coaches. And as for Phil, you know, there's this idea in the fan base that, hey, the Toronto media was out to get Phil. Phil's the lovable, cuddly guy. Like, Phil's kind of a pain in the ass, actually. Like, you know, Phil is kind of rude by nature. He's not the easiest guy to get along with. And that's from the media standpoint or a coach's standpoint or even fellow player standpoint. He is difficult, but because he's so gifted, you put up with certain things because of that. But you can absolutely see it from both sides. We're talking to Josh Yeo. He's brought to you by the Orthopedic Institute at Monongahela Valley Hospital.
0: Uh, if the Pens don't trade Phil after trying, mm-hmm. will he have trouble reassimilating into the team next year and playing for Sullivan?
1: I don't think so, because Phil's always been kind of an outcast, and he's always been a guy the teammates just treat a little differently. If everybody behaved like Well, Phil, they like Phil, but they treat him like a cartoon character. That's exactly right. That's a perfect way to put it. Um, the first time he went back to Toronto— That's why the fans like him, too. Yes. In his first season with the Penguins, they, they went back to Toronto for the first time. And Jeff Zakoff played a, a DVD on the team bus of uh, Phil's moments with the Toronto media, and the players were cracking up. They like to have fun with it. They absolutely do. They don't dislike him, but you can't have 20 guys like him either because the fact is he does dog it in practice. He he does do you know, little things that the, the common player could not get away with. But that said, I think he would be fine if there are trade rumors this summer, if they try to trade him, whatever. Um. no, they still like him well enough. They respect his talent, and it's just Phil. And that's always going to be the, the reaction toward him. Uh, moving on
0: to the Stanley Cup final, Washington killed Tampa. That was a <laughs> lopsided Game 7, wasn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, Game 6 was too. And in reality, Mark, I thought Washington was the better team in about five and a half of the seven games in that series, which I did not anticipate. I thought Tampa would win that series, but... Boy, Tampa's offense was silent. I thought Braden Holtby was terrific all series. And, and really, Washington was just in control. They, they are playing right now as well as they can possibly play. I We have never seen this version of the Capitals in the postseason, that's for sure. Can Washington beat Vegas? Can Washington's star power be the deciding factor? Oh, sure they can. Um, I think it's a pretty evenly matched series, really. Um, when you look at it, I think Washington could have problem problems with Vegas' speed. We've seen that against the Penguins over the years for the Capitals. Washington is a big, hulking, physical team. They're not really a great skating team, and Vegas certainly is. So I think their speed will give them fits. But their star power is legitimate. Backstrom appears to be relatively healthy now. Ovechkin has had a wonderful postseason. He'll win the Smythe if they win the Cup, and deservedly so. He's been great. Kuznetsov, I don't need to tell you how good he's been. So, yeah, I actually think it's a fascinating series and pretty evenly matched.
0: This won't be the most popular thing to say in Pittsburgh, but Alex Ovechkin really deserves this, doesn't he? Uh, Not just based (laughs) on years of service, but I think he's been brilliant, not only in these
1: playoffs, but throughout his postseason career, he has the there's a myth surrounding Ovechkin that he's the reason the Capitals never thrive in the postseason or the team rushes. Or he's the reason Russia always has its issues in the Olympics. Go look at the numbers. He scores goals. This is one of the three or four best goal scorers in the history of the game. Um, to me, who's better all time goal scorer than him? Mario, maybe that's about it and he always produces in the postseason. Look at his numbers. He always has, and he's having a great postseason. So, yeah, people in Pittsburgh don't want to hear that, but it's not a bad thing for the league that a, a guy, a, a superstar of this caliber is going to be on hockey's biggest stage. It's not a bad thing.
0: Yeah, and and uh, you spoke earlier how if they win, Ovi gets the Conn Smythe, this playoff MVP. If Vegas wins, <laughs> I think Mark Henry, if Fleury gets the Conn Smythe, and let's not forget Fleury against Ovechkin, was quite the matchup when Flurry was the Penguins goaltender <laughs> and they met back in 09 in the playoffs, as well as in uh, last year in the playoffs and countless other regular season
1: games. Yeah, we've read this book before, haven't we, Mark? Uh, when you think of Flowers' all time greatest moments, other than the save on Lidstrom, the two saves I think of, are the save last year against Ovechkin in Game 7. The butt-end save. The butt-end save with the wonderful uh, celebration from Flower afterwards. And you think of the breakaway in in 2009 in the opening minutes of Game 7 against Ovechkin. And Ovechkin's gotten Flower many times, too. I mean, he's got no shortage of goals against the Penguins in his career. So, uh, yeah, those are two guys who know each other awfully well. They've been going at it for more than a decade, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch.
0: Uh Flory's been the best goaltender in the playoffs, no question. i got to tell you, Holtby got a shutout last night, but it was the
1: shakiest shutout I've ever seen. You know what? It's funny you say that. I was texting a friend of mine uh, during the first period of that game, and I said, my God, does Holtby look shaky. He gave up four or five rebounds in the first ten minutes. He looked awful. But that's a credit, I guess, to how well Washington played. Tampa never really had the puck, and they didn't get many chances, especially in the first period. So Holtby's nerves, to me, are still a little bit of an issue. Um, even though he does have fairly good uh, playoff numbers, very good, in fact, in his career. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't totally sold on him last night, but the Lightning were even tighter than he was, and and to the Capitals' credit, they played a heck of a game.
0: Who's the pressure on?
1: I guess I will say probably more on Washington. You know,
0: Vegas is the favorite.
1: Are they? Yeah, they're the betting
0: favorite in Vegas, ironically.
1: Right. Um, You know, I just look at the Capitals, and you know, Ovi's 32 now. And John Carlson's not coming back this summer. That's going to be a much different team, probably not as imposing on paper. This might be their only chance in the Ovechkin era. It's their last best chance. Yeah, so from that standpoint, I mean, it's hard to say there's any pressure on Vegas. The only pressure on them is it's such of an incredible Cinderella story. Uh, yeah, this, you know, you, you don't want to have a story like that with a bad ending, but to me, there's more pressure on the Capitals. I don't know that they're going to have many chances at this. When you just look at the ages of their players and their salary cap situation, this is it for them.
0: Uh, I think is the biggest catalyst with Vegas in the regular season and in these playoffs. But McPhee, the GM, and Jerry Gallant, the coach, they should go directly into the Hall of Fame. I've never uh, seen a GM and a coach just hit every button properly over an entire season and playoffs.
1: It's, it's extraordinary, and I'm getting a little tired of this perception that, hey, the league gave Vegas this great opportunity and all these great players. Nobody thought they were going to be a playoff team before the season, Mark. Uh, William Carlson's their number 1 center. He had, what, 10 goals last year? This isn't some great team on paper. It, it's a team that doesn't have any particular weak spots, but it's still a team that you know plays Derek Engel in 20 minutes a night. God love him. We love Engel. But, I mean... You know, do you really think of him as a defenseman who should be going head to head with Ovechkin? No, but it's been working all season. It's clearly a well-coached team, and McPhee deserves an incredible amount of credit. I mean, listen, he had a lot of deals under the table, a lot of weird stuff going on before that draft last year, but that's his job. Did, well, I mean, you know? I mean, they got Jonathan Marchessault on a condition of taking Riley Smith,
0: and they both <laughs> had great seasons. They got a first and second round pick just to take Carlson because they also took David Clarkson, which was a dead contract for Columbus. <laughs> I mean, uh, if 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 the rules are the same, and they got to be for the next expansion right. team, Seattle, whoever, I don't think whoever the GM for that team is will be able to con the GMs like <laughs> McPhee did. I think they no. will learn from the mistakes they made here. I think this is a perfect storm culminated by... A franchise caliber goalie being available, which won't happen next time
1: around. Completely agree, and the Penguins did also give them a second round pick to take Flurry, if I'm not mistaken. So everything worked out for them. I give McPhee all the credit in the world. Uh, the guy could teach a course on how to run an expansion team for the rest of time if he wanted to. We're never going to see anything like this again. And yeah, they got they got lucky that Flurry was available, and Flurry obviously I think was motivated to let the hockey world know just how good he is, and he has shown. Oh, he
0: clinched the Hall of Fame spot with this season i think i mean yeah. i expect him to keep playing well and get his wins total up right. but he's in the hall of fame as of right now
1: i think he is he already has three rings and what's this? his fifth fifth uh, stanley cup final appearance including yes. with an expansion team he's going to be top five all-time in wins yeah no you're absolutely right and uh i've never seen him play better mark we've seen him play well before but this is at a different kind of level who wins the cup and in how many games Oh boy, I've been wrong so often this postseason. It's embarrassing to admit it, but I'm going Vegas in seven. I think it's going to be a great. I, call, I
0: called Vegas in six. That's fair. I think if it goes to seven, even though the game would be at Vegas, I think the edge would kind of swing to Washington because I think Ovi would just be you know nuclear. <laughs> and and I, we saw what happened in Tampa last night. The minute that goal went in, it was one nothing. It's over. The arena died. Yep. And the team died right
1: with them. It reminded me quite honestly of a few game sevens here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you're right. And and the record of road teams in this postseason has been extraordinary. Um, usually it's skewed slightly to the home team all-time. I think it's like 52-48 or something along those lines. But road teams are winning the majority of games this postseason by a wide margin. I don't know why it is, but clearly home ice is not that big of a deal. But I think it's a really interesting series, and I think when you look at the teams that were left from the NHL standpoint, you have the star power of Ovechkin, and you have Vegas, which is such an incredible story. I think that is really starting to garner some national interest. It's the best matchup of the four teams left they could have asked for.
0: That's Josh Showy. Art Rooney talked about the NFL's anthem policy. We'll get to that in just a moment on 105.9. Ed Bouchette of the Post-Gazette spoke with Art Rooney, the Steelers' owner and CEO, about the NFL's new anthem policy. Here's a couple of the quotes that posted on Twitter from Art Rooney. Quote, I don't think there's a way to satisfy everyone in this country where there's a division atmosphere that makes it tough to strike a balance on an anthem policy. That's what we're trying to do here. Uh, Rooney continues, he was asked what it means to stand at attention. He said, to me, standing at attention is not hard to figure out. And he said that winking arms is, quote, not a sign of disrespect. Uh, Rooney confirmed an ESPN report that no formal vote was taken by the NFL vote owners on the New Anthem policy, but that everyone had a chance to express his opinion. Uh, Rooney said the NFL tried to strike a balance between the players' rights And the majority of fans who, quote, don't come to see a political protest. Now, as far as the Steelers' policy moving forward, Rooney said, I don't expect it to be an issue with this team. We didn't have an issue last year. We never had a player kneel last year, unquote. Uh, Yeah, but it was an issue in Chicago. The players, you, Tomlin, you all mangled it in Chicago. And that, that you're lucky it wasn't as big a PR nightmare. It was only as big a PR nightmare as it was. So, again, you need to come up with a policy. I suggested a few alternatives earlier. But the Steelers need to come up with a policy. The players need to have input. And then everybody has to stick to it. Everybody. Like Villanueva, I don't give a frig that he was an Army Ranger. And nor should the Steelers, and I know his teammates don't. He should do whatever's decided, and if not, take a hike right out of town. Period. No debate about that. 412-333-9939 412 333 is the number to call. Breaking news, multiple barges have broken loose on the Mon River. Wow. There are several bridge closures. Wait a minute. I hope no bridge I have to cross because I'll be pissed. Because everything revolves around my convenience. If you want to talk about the Anthem thing, call 412 333 WXDX. If you want to talk about Phil Kessel, The Penguins are going to try to trade him this summer. I was told that by a source close to Kessel and the Penguins. And Kessel is fine uh, with being traded. And uh, we've talked about the coach's problems with Kessel. The not a practice player. uh, Doesn't block shots. Doesn't hit. Although those last two things aren't that big of a deal. uh, Put the consecutive game streak ahead of getting healthy for the playoffs. Uh, so, uh, I don't think Kessel's going to be easy to trade, which means he probably won't be traded. But uh, that's the news. Kessel's complaint was he wants to play with Gino, not prop up an inferior third line. Apparently, he's played with Riley Sheehan just about enough. In 30 seconds, people who make a list make the list. 105.9 The X.